The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to one of the greatest Star Wars podcasts that has three friends on it, whose names are Johnny, Matthew, and Brian. I dare you to find another podcast that meets all those criteria. This is the airing of Grievances. I'm Johnny Townsend, and I am thrilled and honored and happy to have by my side. Uh, His Schwartz is as big as mine. Matt Johnson. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I couldn't decide between the two of you which one I wanted to give that to. I was, I was, I'm like, oh God, who's, who's Schwartz is bigger? Is it mine or Brian's? <laughs> and of course, Pizza the Hut himself, Brian Finch. <laughs> How many assholes do we have on this podcast? <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's up, fellas? Happy July. Yes. Yes. Now you guys are up famously up in New York, so I'm assuming it's not near as hot as it is down here. It's been pretty warm. Uh, 80s, it's been consistently 80s, consistently wow. 80s. Wow, yeah. hasn't hit the 90s stars. yet? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We've we've been blessed with a very actually nice balanced summer. I would say we're getting rain when we need it, and not too crazy hot. So I'm good. We are getting we are getting a lot of rain here, but it's. It's definitely reaching the nineties. Yeah, I don't uh, think we've cut. We, I think the closest we've gotten is like eighty-seven. Man, that's bragging yeah. right there. Bragging, bragging, bragging. I'm not really not. It's miserable. I bet, I bet people, anybody who loves a good Star Wars podcast loves weather talk at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's got to be right. <laughs> hey, as a as a Weather Channel connoisseur, all right. <laughs> And I'm really excited to read that book because it came in the other say, day. I, was, I knew you got it. I knew you got it. It was ten dollars behind the scenes. By the way, uh, I know for a fact because we did a whole episode on Retropop about it. Check out that podcast. Uh, me and Matt do it. But Matt wanted to do an episode about the Weather Channel. Legit, Matt loves the Weather Channel. And the other day, he texted me this Amazon picture from Amazon of somebody wrote a book about. The Weather Channel, and I, he didn't even have to tell me that he was going to get it. I knew you were going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was $10. It was like it was like a 56% discount or something like that. I think it's the person who's the guy who like started the Weather Channel. I, I, I'm more of a local on the eights, like just good memories of local on the eights. Yeah. Uh, with that happy music. All right. With the happy jazz music and 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 the the great graphics it's it looks too good now so i don't like yeah. it as much as i used to i don't like well, all the when, hd stuff yeah you're younger than brian and i when brian and i because he's near my age i think i'm older than brian but it's close 
we uh, uh before we'd go to school we'd have to watch the weather channel so we'd know oh, how so to dress I. so the locals I. on the eights were very helpful and if you missed it your mother was pissed i know yeah. my mom was pissed she's like how am i gonna dress you i don't know the local on eights like mom yeah. you just gotta wait 10 minutes ah oh. <laughs> God forbid, God forbid I, I catch it on the nine and I've just missed it. <laughs> My family are actually diehard watchers of the Weather Channel. My father and my brother are like diehard. They they know like anchors. They could they can list you anchors from over the year. They could my dad and my brother would have conversations about which anchors aren't currently on because they're pregnant. <laughs> That's how often they watch the weather. Well, I, they I, knew when they were going out on maternity leave. Oh, apparently I'm not as big of a fan of the weather channel as I thought I was. Yeah. See? You got you got to up your game, up. son. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, I I really need That's probably a pretty fascinating story about how that came to be. It honestly it is, yeah. Uh, but I we really okay. need a great thing would be if like the next uh, like if Ahsoka has a quick scene of like she's catching the weather channel and it's letting you know that it's going to be a dry heat over 100 degrees in Tatooine that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an excellent transition. Or, or Alderaan, which is like it's 75 <laughs> and sunny, 75 and sunny, 70, yeah. 10,000 degrees. What? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> it is a f- fantastic transition, my friend. What Johnny is referring to is the brand new Ahsoka trailer, which eluded me. I did actually didn't know until like 7 o'clock. Well, it, time of recording so it would have been tuesday the 11th it was really late um in the evening and I, he's like yeah the, the new ahsoka trailer dropped i'm like what are you serious how did i miss this yeah and- i I'd, I'd found it by accident i was watching uh a couple other new trailers on the old youtube and it popped and it popped up and i was like matt would have told me about this or brian one of you yeah Oh, but no, uh, I was a f- Brian apparently selfishly watched it and didn't tell anybody that that's a broad move. <laughs> yeah, it came, it came across my Twitter. I watched it and I didn't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding out on us, Brian. Oh, come on. I mean, it, it did it really give us anything different? No, I not- got to see. I yeah, got to see, got to see Thrawn, <laughs> yeah. who looks like Nightcrawler from X-Men 3. He does, he yes. does a little. Yeah. Yes. I still it's think he looks as cool though. It is as I wished, but sorry. Yeah. And they said the name Anakin twice, so uh, we're good to go. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I I like the uh we got to hear Ezra. Mm-hmm. I almost said yeah. Ezra. I almost said Ezra it. Miller. I almost Way said Ezra more. Miller. <laughs> Way more Ezra than I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of yeah. There's so Who many is Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. I don't know this reference. <laughs> uh, Man, if it, there's nothing better than Ezra. Yeah. Uh, I was excited for the Ezra Bridger. You know, <laughs> there was a lot of that's a music joke you just made. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I went over my head. Um, <laughs> shout out, 1996. Yeah, it's a band from the late 90s, man. It's oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> you think I know that one? That was a great summer. That was a great <laughs> summer when that when the album dropped and Bush 16 Stone came out. Oh, I oh, love yeah, Bush. The band well, and the Bush. Well, yeah, me too, boys. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I liked I I did enjoy the some of the little bit more rebel stuff you get to see Sabine was uh, I mean I didn't finish watching rebels but Ahsoka was Sabine's like master which is interesting yeah I watched the the screen rant where they give you like the uh, they deep dive into the trailer and they give you a lot of the Easter eggs and stuff 
Yeah. yeah. So it, it, they do a really good job of of like giving you quick rundowns of characters you may not know. Like they gave, they they did a really excellent quick rundown of Throne. They did a same thing with a couple of those other characters where if you hadn't watched Rebels, you might not be that familiar with. Yeah. So I really like that. That really helped me a lot because I haven't seen Rebels yet. Well, that's not true. I've seen the first couple episodes, but uh, so I really, really was grateful that I watched that. And then it got me even more hyped. And I was already hyped to begin with for this. Yeah, the that that was interesting, man. I'm glad you brought that specifically up because I don't think you get to see that in Rebels. I think that's kind of hinted in like the wrap up of it when they do a little wrap up at the end of the series, which is kind of like where everyone's kind of heading and yeah. stuff like. Uh, does this mean Sabine Wren is potentially about to be the next leader of Mandalore to be a Jedi? I I it's hope so. That up right, in yeah. a future crossover with Mando in the future. Right, because Grogu is a, would technically be a Mandalorian. No, he's not even yeah, a Jedi. He's not even a Jedi, but he has force. He uses force. He's force sensitive. That's for true. Sure. You, you're right. You're, you're probably right. I mean, there's right. no dark saber right now. You know, spoilers if you didn't. Yeah, when, I, I do <laughs> want to know when that where, where this is in the timeline. Yeah, is this it's like supposed go- to take place? It's supposed to take place the, roughly the same time that Mandalorian started, which is not where Mandalorian is now. Wrapped. It's right. going. Back. So it's, it's it's prior to Ahsoka showing up in Mando season two, right? Yeah, I think we'll get a lot of that. Okay, because I was wondering, I was like, okay, when she said the master thing, my my thought instantly went to her refusing to train Grogu. Um, but obviously something happened. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll get some explanation of that as to why she wouldn't take on um, Grogu in that season two episode. But That's uh, a good point. I like yeah. that. That, yeah. that was that, that was the that, I was like what? what like we're not trying to retcon ourselves are we Filoni? Um but yeah I I I thought it was a fun trailer um good stuff from Ray Stevenson and his yes. uh rest it, in peace yeah yes R I P uh which, his character looks really menacing so and his uh would that would you consider her a Padawan because they're not technically Sith. Yeah, I was, I was like, what do I say? Sidekick, helper. Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, how I you... wonder what name, what kind of terminology drops we get when they start talking about themselves. Is yeah, me too. All dark Jedi's, because that's an old school term. I, I'm re- currently reading the first Thrawn trilogy, which I just finished the second book. Yeah, and there was no such thing as Sith back then when they wrote those books. Uh, back in the they were just yeah they were just dark jedi they're called dark jedi and that term has carried on into uh actual canon but it it refers to a specific it's someone that doesn't align themselves with the sith religion because that's what the sith is it's it's a religion it's a doctrine um and then there's gray jedis and and I believe dark Jedi's, but in the, in the trailer, he specifically said they weren't Jedi. He yeah. Specifically so says I, that. I, I, I agree with, I, and I am curious as to what they're going to, because obviously not inquisitors. Like we're past that. There we're are way though, past right? that point. You did see one inquisitor. Yeah. Cause we saw the lightsaber, right? 
Did we he see did an Inquisitor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, oh, one of the one of those nice twirly ones. One. Real, yeah. Oh shoot! I believe they're that's like the fourth or something. <laughs> they specifically <laughs> picked out one for this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mi- I missed that. I cause I and watched the, it while and, driving, which is not good, by the way. And the and the <laughs> droid that they show toward the end. What's his name? Because he he seems really cool. Because I saw the, I read all about him in the backstory and stuff. Oh yeah, um, he has the most deaths in Star Wars history. He's called he's killed the most people in Star Wars history. Uh, <laughs> the droid? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, what is his name? It looks I'm like the old either. like PS2 Lego R2D2, like Lego Star Wars R2D2. But I know it's not him. But it just looks like a very <laughs> like the like a shitty graphic R2D2. I thought he looked more like it because he's got like a. Uh, he sort of looks like the face of him looks like a the shape of a PlayStation Two controller. Chopper. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, what? His name's Chopper. His name is also Chopper. I thought that's who Johnny was talking about. No, I thought he was talking about the other. Another one. I'm really losing all my Star Wars cred, but I'm just oh, not familiar the, with this the stuff. one that's similar to it that's more um, human looking. It's more. It's bipedal. It's is that the one you're talking about, Johnny? You're talking about the one. Yeah, that's he's the one who like really TV. helps with uh, younglings and stuff. Oh, okay, because Chopper will be in this. Oh yeah, he, the Chopper is going to be Opera. So yeah, definitely I'm, not Chopper. Okay, my no. bad. Like, he, that's a fun fact I got to drop though. That's nice. It is. Yeah, I did the see that. Like just googling his name because how many kills does Chopper from Star Wars have? <laughs> yes. Watch oh, Ripples just God. for that. He's just the best. He's the best droid. Just yeah. a reminder, this is what just a quick Google search. Chopper has canonically killed over 50,000 people in droids. <laughs> I love Chopper so much. <laughs> He's an asshole. How can you love I, I'm mad. I, I, they had, they had like a, like a life size one of him at Nickel City Con, and I didn't get a picture with him. And I'm mad. He's a uh, war criminal. <laughs> he, he has no <laughs> conscience. <laughs> <laughs> and he thrives on they make him so like he's the Joker, but a droid. <laughs> John Johnny, there's an entire YouTube compilation. I gotta of, see this. Okay, you did see it. Okay. Yeah. No, I got great. to see this. I'm I will see this. I'll, I'll seek see. that out after this. Okay. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> or stuff. or go, or uh send me the link and I can watch it later. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. Um so yeah, so Ahsoka looks great. We're getting I just oh I just seen the episode release thing too. We're getting the first two episodes on August twenty third, and then there's right. eight episodes in total. Right. Uh, is what I did see. So uh it looks cool. Uh again, apparently it's all build up to the movie, uh to to a comp, like a a big not like multiverse uh movie, but just to kind of uh uh, everything coming together so i hope it's uh i i'm i know i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to uh ahsoka and napoleon and that's about it for the rest of the year <laughs> personally uh as a person that has read the original trilogy of heir to the empire matt um yes i want to know where you feel about your anticipation for this show and exactly what we get out of it that will be handed off from legends side of star wars to official canon is there is there something that you're more anxious for than anything else uh i mean this is a very this is a very good question um obviously they're going to be two very very different things they're just pulling a lot of references i guess from the books obviously the trailer led me to reading the books 
but I think it's going to be like a lot of Marvel stuff where like uh, Civil War was not really like Civil War in the comics. It was severely dumbed down. Uh, I just want to see a good Thrawn representation. I think that's the biggest thing for me is is that uh, I'm actually kind of fine with no uh, Joris uh, Chabath or however you pronounce his name. I, so, so, I, yeah, I don't even know because he didn't really like he didn't use like a lightsaber. So he was kind of like he was a cool villain, like an emperor like villain. Uh, but I, I just I'm cool with them kind of moving away from that a little bit, but taking some influences in his appearance with Ray Stevenson's beard and, and yeah. stuff like that. But I just want to see. Oh, go ahead. Well, how important is the Luke character to to you with, oh, with this storyline? Yeah, <sighs> because because they're they're now potentially going to take Luke's storylines out and maybe add in Ahsoka into these. Ah, uh, I, I I'm I think I'm okay. With, like I, I I I'm I really do love Luke, and I think he would be important. But I think this is better for Ahsoka because obviously. Um, you know, Ahsoka still has a pretty big presence, uh, you know, and Rosario Dawson can still like go as far as being able to portray her character because it's, it's, it's brand new. Um, there's just a lot that comes with recasting Luke. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, um, no, you just get the guy who plays, uh, Winter Soldier. That I know. I, I think he's the, he he's would perfect. be the perfect, perfect subject to yeah. I is really that do. The one they use is that who they use for the de aging? No, 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 I forgot what the, I thought. I believe that worked in Mandal uh, or in um. It no, it most certainly okay. no, it, it worked. But if you have to do that for the whole, if he's in that movie a lot, and it's supposed to be a younger Luke, you'd have to use it a lot, and yeah. that really starts to show up. So I'm not, I'm not sure how much Luke, more Luke Skywalker we're gonna get. Um, I hope a lot. I'm a giant Luke. I mean, he's my favorite all time Star Wars character. Yeah. So, but uh, the theory that I saw. And it makes sense to me is that uh, this this Ahsoka series is about uh, Ray uh, Ray Stevenson's character, and they're trying to find Throne because you know at the end of what happens at the end of Rebels. Uh, I only know this because of Screen Rant, by the way. They told me all this, so uh, so they're trying to find him because he's missing, right? Or they're trying to locate him because he's supposed to be next in line. So they're trying to find him, and that's. That's what the whole thing is, and of course, Ahsoka and them are trying to stop that from happening because Thrones is such a uh, a terrible uh, presence to have back, and at the same time, also trying to find Ezra. They're trying yeah. to do both. Uh, so, and then maybe the movie or whatever comes next will actually really be about Throne trying to take power and them trying to stop Throne. So we might not get as much Throne in this because it's more of them trying to find him and get Which him it, type of thing. If it leads to a bigger movie role, a hundred percent, all for it. All yeah. for it. That's a good theory. That is a good theory. I, I I think it's 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 possible because, um, you know that they're, they're he's they throw they show Thrawn in bits and pieces, and obviously that's something you want to build up to because he is the most hyped up, um, anticipated you know book character that that you know is now finally being live action. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm fine with the slow build. I'm I'm fine with getting just enough Thrawn to to lead up to a movie to the movie. But it's I want it done good. I want I I want it presented good. I want these these book characters and such to be presented in a in a in, in book characters or just non live action characters just presented in a good good light because a lot of people have very fond memories of them. You know, right. when, whenever we eventually get Mara Jade, um, I want that to be 
stellar. I don't think we're get it. I don't think we're. It's not looking good. It's not. Although looking I good. just saw a rumor that Kathleen Kennedy has officially been removed from all Star Wars projects. Hallelujah. I know. Hallelujah. <laughs> just a rumor right now. Just a rumor. Uh, well, they did just. Supposedly. I did just see a, a a thing like CNN just reported that uh, what's his name Iger, the head of Disney, yeah, just renewed him for like two more years. Favre. No, no, uh, uh, Iger, no, the guy Iger, got over yeah. Disney, overall. Yeah, Disney. he's yeah. okay. It, I, I don't think he has specific project influence. So I'm I think okay. he's way more about saving money though, and uh, yeah. <laughs> he has a well, lot of influence on what Disney Plus takes off of their service. I can tell that's you that. True, much. that is they true. They just fired a whole bunch of people from ESPN, so maybe that saves it. They sure <laughs> did. <laughs> um, I love before you, Jeff we move ben on Gundy. specifically. I. I between the books, the legend stuff, and what we know of Thrawn and where he was left off of uh, Rebels, I- I'm very interested to see exactly what kind of power he's reintroduced with. Because if you if you know the end of Rebels, which if you uh, w- what's the website you use there, Johnny? So Screen Rant. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a YouTube channel. Yeah. So they'll do a little spoiler there for you if you don't feel like going through the sludge of uh, Rebels, which I think you should because it feels good. Oh, I still plan on watching it. What I've seen of like, I just haven't finished it. Yeah. Um, where we end up with that is, you know, Thrawn would be coming from a much more chaotic um, existence. It's it's nothing went as planned. He lost completely and in a way that he has no control over any of the events that happened to him. Uh, when you last saw him on Rebels, whereas Legends, as Matt knows, he is fully established in the Outer Rim. He right. is the the unknown worlds, the lesser traveled, what they call, uh, what do they ca- keep calling it? Um, kind of spaces that they keep calling it, but it's way more hazardous. Where where he kind of keeps his uh, fleet. Yes, um, it, it's not in the normal republic travel it's, it's pretty lawless it's pretty lawless basically yes. it's 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 the wild west of of you know the 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 galaxy so, so his fleet there is very controlled it is he has all hands on where you know he understands the power so in legends you know that the emperor is dead and now he's quote unquote the heir to the empire just based on the fact that he's got this entire fleet that the rebels didn't even know about. Right. They didn't even existed, you know, because he was sp- specifically kept in the outer reaches of space that no one dares travel because it's, it's way too hazardous. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously a good spot to build up a military. And, um, but uh, according to current, like canon, I guess, in books and stuff, he plays a big part in setting up the first order, and everything, which is uh, which is cool, and that's gonna be their that's gonna be their way to uh, uh, to help justify the uh, the existence of the sequel trilogy. I want it retconned. That's uh, what I want. I, I, I don't. Want, I, I think it. I thought about it. I thought about it, and it, it means a lot to too many people. I think at this point, so, I'll say what's done is done. <laughs> yeah, but it, Brian, I know what you mean. I, it could be so much better, but so it's out better. there. I still think you can go back and tell stories with those characters, but. Yeah. Well, I think well they will happens, open happens. up, and, and you know, I don't, I, I know we don't want to stay on a trailer for two hours, right? <laughs> but what they did open up with the uh, unveiling of 
these last two trailers is the world between worlds, which is if you haven't watched Rebels, uh, is now officially canon that there is a plane of existence that touches all fabric of life, all parts of the universe. And it's a way to you not only can traverse through time, um, you can also alter time by utilizing this time, this world between worlds, which is something that you directly see in Rebels. It's something that has been mentioned by other Jedi throughout some legend stuff. And I, I think they have an opportunity, not that I want it because it's still played out at this point, but like, you know, another alter, alternate dimension, alternate timelines. I like um, Hayden Christensen's idea of a what if series for Star Wars. Yeah. The, the Marvel ones are pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. The the what ifs would be so easy to do just because of you can easily just pick out everything that makes people mad and go. Yeah. All right, like what if the Emperor here. didn't just come back? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, or, or in the more fun, actual impact of the storyline. What if Qui-Gon doesn't die? What right. if Qui-Gon is the one that actually is the one? What if it's Obi-Wan that dies and not There's Qui-Gon? a lot you can do with that. So I hope yeah. they do go through with it. I do. I mean, it, it sounds like we're going to get a little taste of Hayden in this, which is awesome. Um, and he's down to keep reprising the role as often as they want him to, which I love even more. Because the the more he does, I think the less impact the poor memories I have of him tied to his character, uh, the less impactful they are. I, I really do think that. I think I can start seeing, if you give me more good takes of good directing, good writing with Hayden executing, I, I think it's going to be good because it it's was. Gonna, I'm going to use a wrestling term. They're gonna, he's going to John Cena it. When John Cena was winning all the time and he was a quote-unquote really big good guy, like the wrestling hardcore nerds hated him. Yes. They would boo him left and right. Guess what happens when he shows up now, years later? Beloved. Beloved. <laughs> Loudest cheers. Yeah, he's uh, one of the all-time goats, in my opinion. Yeah. Same, same. So I think that's kind of the same thing with Hayden here. You know, because, uh, again, whatever you think about those prequels, and if you got, and if they're sort of negative, like the, the second one's very negative for me, but I would never, ever blame Honestly, any of the acting. I don't think it's any of the acting's fault. No. From anybody no. in those. It's no, way more the writing letting them down. So there it is. There's Ahsoka. Very, very excited. Uh, by the time we record, well, next time we record, it still won't have come out yet. But um, our September episode, whenever that gets when that gets recorded, um, we'll, we'll definitely be chatting a lot more about Ahsoka unless more details come out in between then. So. Or unless, um, we, unless we wait, we could choose to wait. We could wait. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Something. see. Potentially. We'll see. Potentially. Drove a podcast, right? It is yeah. a nice. It is a nice thing. Uh, as some of the, you know, as the listeners have known, uh, we've been rotating who gets choice of our main subject of every episode. Um, since we completed the uh, the the. 11 mainstream movies well technically we've completed 12 of them with uh the clone Wars saga but um uh but johnny gets choice this week and really really excited to uh to discuss what he what he selected uh one of the best 
Star Wars parodies of all time. And I think this really uh, set the bar very, very high for future renditions. So, Johnny, why don't you let him know? Um, well, I, you clicked on the episode. You know we picked Spaceballs. But why did you choose this one? Why is this one so near and dear to your heart and your first memories of it? 1987's Spaceballs, uh, one of the best parodies of a certain thing, I would say, is Spaceballs. Uh, done so right. And then you can tell that they do love the original material that they are doing a parody of. That's a major thing of it. In fact, and this is because I'm just a giant nerd. I've deep dived into this movie. In fact, uh, Lucas knew they were making this and actually helped them a little bit making this movie. So, which is cool. Uh, it's very, very cool. Uh, I have a, I love really stupid movies. <laughs> It's one of my favorite things. A really stupid joke in a movie delights me to no end. Like Airplane, you know, the movies like that, these spoof films. are. It's my favorite genre of movie. And when I discovered Spaceballs, I was blown away. Because this is taking one of my favorite things, and it's a parody of one of my other favorite things. <laughs> right? And also it has John Candy in it. So this thing had everything for uh, a young Johnny going into it. Oh, and uh, it, it, it quickly became one of my favorite movies that for the longest time, uh, you know, I would, it, it, it became one of those movies that anytime they showed on cable, I, w- I was watching it, that type of thing. Uh, I really, really adore this film. I've seen it. It's got to be 50 times by now, at least something like that, a pretty high number. And it's still, to me, in my opinion, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to hear what you guys say. To me, it still holds up because the jokes are very timeless in it, and uh, I, uh, I have a very glowing feeling of this movie. What about what about you two? Yeah, Brian, uh, why don't you kick, uh, why don't you go ahead? Is this a me a movie that only existed because my father has a fantastic comedic taste? Uh, I've only been exposed to the creme de la creme of comedy movies, uh, this being one of them. Uh, anything Mel Brooks I've watched, um, I think in, in full, maybe not. I, I think there might be some weird outliers that we don't even, no one even thinks about. But like, you know, in the same realm of Spaceballs, you had Blazing Saddles or Robin Hood, you know, Men in Tights, you know. There's a certain brand that Mel Brooks brings, which is part of my childhood. It, 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 it formulated a lot of what I find funny. It formulated a lot of what I expect people that write movies, comedic movies to portray. You know, it's fun to just be goofy. Um, obviously, Matt's going to acknowledge this, but, you know, Matt came over to my house where I had a physical copy of the movie because I love it so much. And I was like, I got you, dude. Uh, I know it's either going to have to pay to rent this or pay to buy it digitally, whatever. I'm like, don't even worry about it. Come over to my place. We'll watch it together. And uh, we did that. And, you know, it's, it's the comedic movie that there's just enough in it. That as a kid, you don't feel like you're missing out on the jokes, but it's so fun watching it. Like, I don't know. We're talking 30 something years later. Like there's so many things I started picking up on. That I was just like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Or, or 
I'm like, oh, that's so that's subtle, funny, or even just like the way they made the movie happen. You know, I not that we're getting into the movie, but real quick, the opening crawl of yeah. the gigantic, <laughs> quote unquote, gigantic spaceship that takes forever to go across. I said to Matt, I'm like, there's like model tanks and stuff. You can physically see the ship was built with like models. They just like bought a whole bunch of models and started gluing stuff on top of the ship. <laughs> and so at one point there's like literally just like a hub of a tank just sitting <laughs> on the side. Yeah. Of the um, it's those things that really just in, in second viewing that it just confirmed everything that I always knew, which is Mel Brooks isn't ashamed to take any joke to any level. He he will push it as far as he needs to. He also understands how to market it really well. And I think that's the real key of this is compared to the other Mel Brooks properties, I think Spaceball stands out in the way that it worked for more ages. Blazing Saddles doesn't for all ages. You know, uh, right. History of the World Part 2 doesn't work for all ages. It just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. translate. This was the first one where he really did crush it, where like a kid... Like I was watching with my dad. There's so much stuff in there for me that I get, you know, all there's so much physical humor. It's just, it's so good. And I, I thank you, John. I didn't say that before, but I thank you, <laughs> Matt. What did you think? Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the first time I seen this movie, but I do remember the environment. It was at my parents' house in their living room. And my dad was explaining to me that this was a parody. Cause I remember, um, seeing them do the finger ring lightsaber, the shorts. <laughs> and I was like, what is this thing? And why is this helmet? I'm like, is this what, like, really, what is this? Like, this is, this is like, this is the first parody thing I ever like saw. I do. I do know that. Um, and they explained it to me. That was supposed to make fun of star Wars. Um, I would have loved to have been on set for this film. This is like one of those few, like there's so many movies. A lot of movies now look like complicated or they look like exhausting to kind of like be a part of, or, or maybe put yourself in that role. Cause they're just so, but like, I would have loved to have been on set or involved somehow, some way of the making of this movie. Could it just look like they had fun? And there's some really, really great, you know, there's some great actors on it. You got Mel Brooks, of course, running the show who is the Weird Al Yankovic of making film. Like this guy is so talented and he, uh, he just, he just makes you think he pulls at things that you didn't you know, pulls and pokes fun at things that you didn't know needed to be pulled and made fun of. That's what, that's why I loved it so much. You know, that I mean, obviously we're going to get into more detail, but you know, pizza, the hut, like, are you kidding? Like, come on. Like, how great is that? Um, you know, the, the merchandising thing and, and just like, this is like genius stuff. And he, he did it. He did it very well. And the confines of giving it a original story, while at the same time being in a epic parody of, uh, of beloved star Wars. So um, it's a great one. It would, it, it did find, uh, I believe it is a officially a box office success. I have to double check. It, uh, it became a, cult hit for sure it is a great cult hit um yeah. 
It did make money at the box office. It did. Uh, it had a 20- but I think they said that it made even more money when it started breaking out DVDs of it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. $22.7 million was the budget at the box office, 38.1. Okay. So um, this, this might be one of the most, for me, one of the most quoted movies that I've seen. Like I quote this movie all the time. Like, Literally just the other day, I I quoted they've gone to plaid, right? I, I said that. Like, there's just lines in this movie that just stick with you. And if anybody quotes it, you immediately know exactly the scene they're talking about and, and why it's funny. And, God, I just this movie is – I mean, just the whole, like, you know, they jammed us, sir. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. know, just all kinds of great things in this movie that are just so fun. we've gone they've gone from, from suck to blow you know there's all <laughs> kinds of just great lines in this thing uh very excited that you guys also seem to enjoy this movie but i'll uh, just give you a heads up um just looking at real quick i just want to look see the scores for this movie imdb sure. gives it a seven out of ten basically which that's that sounds that's probably fair enough but some people don't have a good sense of humor i'll just go ahead and say that uh, and Rotten Tomatoes, for some reason, gives it a 57%, and that's because critics don't know how to laugh. And uh, Common Sense, which I don't know what that is, but that's the other thing it's in here, four out of five. Uh, but this is this is also one of those movies where if somebody said, it's not my cup of tea, I kind of get it, right? Because humor yeah. is very, very subjective, and this, at its core, is just really rapid-fire stupid jokes left and right. And that's my bag for sure. And I'm totally fine if it's not somebody else's bag, but I'm very happy that my two bros here, it seems to be y'all's bags as well. <laughs> but the gist of the movie, let's talk about the gist of what happens in this. Obviously, it's like we've been saying, it's a parody of Star Wars and uh, it's in a distant galaxy, you know, planet Spaceball. It's that's the name of the planet um, has depleted its air supply, leaving its citizens reliant on a product called uh, Perry air and it's kind of goes from there basically this planet needs air and there's a that's why there's a giant vacuum that happens at the end yeah it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's it's so dumb but that's the gist of it the the in this though the uh it's a winnebago instead of the millennium falcon and uh of course one of the most in my opinion beloved actors of all time john candy is that is this film's version of Chewbacca? He's Barf. He's a half man, half dog. He's his own best friend, you know. Uh, so he's really great. I mean, God, this movie is just full of everything. I, I wanted to ask this, guys. Like, what am I? This movie is so iconic for me personally that I still remember the first time that I was watching this and the joke where uh, they go, "We must comb the desert," and then it shows them <laughs> all literally taking giant combs. Over the <laughs> desert. And I remember that being specifically one of the first jokes that just destroyed me as a kid seeing that. I laughed so hard. What like what's one of your favorite jokes from this movie? I mean, that is one of my favorite, but it and now when I look at it, it's my favorite one because you know, Colonel Sanders goes, Sir, don't you think we're taking this a little too literally? And he said, why? You, you, you were told to comb the desert. We're going to comb the desert. <laughs> and then you add in the subtle, you know, racial divide where they specifically give a black actor an Afro pick to be his comb, which now at 38-year-old me 
I'm sorry, I'm 39. I, I keep forgetting. I'm 39 year old me. I'm looking at that. I'm like, okay, that's next level comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and he take, goes, we ain't finding shit. Cause that joke, <laughs> right. Cause that joke's going to hit no matter what, but what makes it funnier? Like this has got to be how Mel's brain works. All right. I know how the jokes are going to hit. This is great. They're literally going to be combing the desert. What's funnier than that? All right. Well, what if one of the soldiers is black and he's got an Afro and he's using an Afro pick. And then what if he says something with in a straight up, like kind of quote unquote hood way. It's like, I get it. Like that's funny stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff. Like I think of his relationship with other comedians. And if you don't know, Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor were pretty close. Yeah. They were, they were really good friends. And Richard Pryor always was pushing Mel. Like, listen, you take your shots at, at your, your, your Jewish, you know, heritage and you like making jokes about that, which there are plenty in this. Uh, he goes, but he goes, it, don't hold back. He goes, push everywhere, push on everybody. Cause if you push it in South Park, did this, right? If you push on everybody, you ain't leaving anybody out. We're making jokes at ourselves. We're making jokes at every, everybody's laughing at themselves. And by the end of the movie, it, everyone realizes it's just like, there's, it's all just goofs. Yeah. It's all. Goofs. And, my favorite one that stood out this time compared to other times, the the funny. She doesn't look Jewish as a kid. <laughs> oh. I don't get that joke. <laughs> I don't get that joke at all. But now I get it. I'm like, oh my god, that's cool. There, there are jokes like that because I still remember uh, when I recently re. I've seen it twice this year now. When I recently <laughs> when I went back and rewatched it again the first time, I don't know why I'd always forgotten about how great this joke is. Where he goes, "What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And they use that. They use that in South Park, I think, one time. Yeah, or something, I think so something too. like General Sow Chicken, yeah. or is it something and, like yeah. that? Yeah. And just for the record, Rick Moranis is a national treasure. I just wanted to get that out there. Yes, Canadian national treasure, but still, yeah, <laughs> international treasure. What yeah, a international, well, world treasure. Yeah. When when he says, uh, "Yeah," that that sets up. He goes, "Prepare a ship." He makes it sound like he's a chicken. Yes. It's not just prepare yeah. ship. It's prepare ship as if he was a chicken yeah. saying prepare ship. Yeah. Anything that takes place between with him and and Colonel Sanders is just high level comedy for me. Like <laughs> almost all their scenes, the whole I mean, we already kind of alluded to it, the surround about assholes thing. That's yes. hilarious. Yeah. Uh when they get jammed, that's hilarious. It's got the guy, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy was in police academy. Uh, he oh the, the, yes, the sound effects and stuff like yes. he does that. Up, Winslow, some Winslow, yeah. Michael yeah. Winslow. Yeah, it's got the beeps and the boops. Yeah, he does that, and uh, man, it's just so many great, great jokes that I think that that's why this movie is so rewatchable. Is you'll you might miss a joke the first time and you go, oh, I gotta go back and watch it again, and oh, I didn't I didn't notice that joke that first time I saw this. I yeah, I agree, and you know one thing that Brian has constantly alluded to, and Johnny, I'm sure you have as well as George Lucas is uh, he's not strong in the dialogue department as far as like great speech. And they took every opportunity to make fun of it, to make fun of it. And that's one of my favorite moments, you know, I, so at last we meet for the first time for the last time. They just, <laughs> just, just that uh, the, the one where he's like, I'm your father's brothers, you know, like, just just stuff like that. And, and this like when we first started the show, Brian was all fired up. He goes, I'm gonna get George Lucas. I'm gonna I'm gonna air my grievances towards George Lucas. And I feel like this did it 
in a funny way by just every trope that George Lucas had in, you know, in that original trilogy, uh, Mel Brooks spared no expense in making fun of it. And I, I, I think I, I, I really do understand why you guys love it as much as you do. I know why I love it as much as I do. Um, and I, I know I understand why a lot of people love it is because yeah, it's it's good to laugh at yourself. It's good to laugh at yourself and things that you love and enjoy. I mean, even even down to uh, Dark Helmet's just character design, just his suit design. Oh yeah. Besides the giant helmet, which is already funny, but like he <laughs> has like a tie. Yeah, me and Brian <laughs> noticed that for the first time. For the first Saturday. time, I was like, wait, he's got a tie. Yeah. <laughs> I did not notice that before. <laughs> yeah. To to speak on the the taking shots at George Lucas, I mean, come on, like. The the whole merchandising, merchandising, like it's a two for one joke. Once again, Mel Mel Brooks tapping into his you know Hebrew background. He's like, listen, I'm gonna take a shot. You know, I'm gonna sound super Jewish. You know, he's literally like purposely acting up so he can make his voice sound a little more Jewish than normal. And he's like, I'm gonna take shots at myself about you know caring about quote unquote money as that stupid prejudice goes. But then you double down on it, and it's like that's what Star Wars became. It became this giant money machine where just keep anything, just slap Star Wars on it. It's gonna sell, and I, that's so next level comedy of tapping into what actually made Star Wars Star Wars. And he picked up on it so quick. I mean, he did. He had two movies to pick from by this point. Um, you know, because oh no, I guess he had all three really because it came out in '87. So, yeah, yeah. I, it, but it feels very much like, you know, he, he took that first Star Wars movie and Mel Brooks kind of like took that and like spun it on its on its head. Um, I mean, even, well, I, mean, to even point- I was going to throw in like when you're talking about that merchandise and I mean, one of the best lines is where like yogurt says, well, God willing, we'll meet again in the sequel, the search for more money or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They need sadly to make that never, one. Sadly, yeah. that didn't happen. But yeah, wow, there's still there was an animated. They did have an animated series for this that came out years later. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think it lasted very long, but it was also pretty funny. I think it's like maybe one, one, two seasons tops. Did Mel Brooks have a hand in it? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I never knew that. He really was searching for more money. <laughs> he was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, this is definitely one of those really, really quotable movies. I mean, it, you know, it's and, and it also comes from a place for me where this is the first movie in which, like, for whatever reason in my life, I've always been compared to John Candy. I don't, I, I kind of look like him apparently, and uh. You know, and I always boil it down to it's because I'm a big funny guy, and then, you know, it always kind of put us all together in one, you know, thing. But I find just like movies like this, and you know, Uncle Buck, and you know, all the even his little brief appearance on Home Alone. You know, these movies show you why John Candy really was incredible and uh, so easily, easily likable in anything. I don't think I could ever. If he ever played a really bad villain, it would be, I'd still have a hard time hating him just because it's John Candy. Right. 
Yeah, he is. He is magnificent. I, he's probably the biggest name in that movie, right? At, I guess, well, if you think at about that, that, time, that at that time, because I don't, I don't know if Moranis really hit his stride. He was he's prominent. Big. He's big, but not like John Candy. Big. He's got yeah, John Candy Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't know if he has a Honey I Shrunk the Kids under his belt. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think. I think that's eighty-eight. I think that's literally the following year. Yeah. So Candy's definitely the biggest star. Uh, and it's one of the first things that I remember Bill Pullman in, right? Like, I, right? No, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I my first memory of him is Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, <laughs> it, ninety-two. Ninety-two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joan Rivers was a name too. Yeah. And she's, but I mean, she's technically just uh, a voice in this, but still, but, she was pretty big. What a what a smart high um you know choice for that yeah. character. And it's it's actually a shame because she's hilarious. Oh yes, like, she is. Yes, she can really cut people up. Like her on a roast, like she she was phenomenal on roast. Um, yeah, that was that was that was fun trying to pick out like, oh, what do I know this person from? Oh crap, I do know them from this first. I found myself yeah. not again now that I'm older and I care more about actors and I've seen a lot more. I found myself googling every time I seen somebody like oh what's the i you know let's look at the imdb yeah uh, i want to see what else they're in yeah yeah like yeah. what did that colonel sanders what did he did he do anything else because he's oh, a man he's literally he is if not my favorite he's at least my second favorite character in that <laughs> yeah that's george weiner that's the a- actor's name he was definitely some other stuff what you're seeing is now <laughs> yeah, i love that <laughs> oh yeah yeah what did that happen just now <laughs> when will then be now soon <laughs> it already happened did i miss it yeah just now <laughs> it's so dang good oh the probably other big things he was known for it was he was in fletch and bad news bears the other big things he was in okay, okay. Right. the original bad news bears one from the 70s fletch is a movie i've never seen i know i need to yeah that's yeah but uh, yeah, this is such a great, great movie. Uh, just a spoiler at the end here. We're going to try to do like a, if they do a sequel, they would obviously have to recast it. And we're going to do our own personal recasting of this movie here at the end. Um, but let's let's go ahead. I think we can give this movie a rating. What do we want to rate this movie, guys? It's out of Spaceballs, right? Yeah, it's got to be out of Spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I only can compare it. It's, it's either I'm going to p- compare it to other parody movies or I'm going to compare it to other Mel Brooks movies. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to compare it to other Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Blazing Saddles is number one for me. It's it's almost a flawless movie. I give it like a 10 out of 10. This is a, at least an eight. It's that's at least what I'm thinking. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm thinking, respectively. Yeah, yeah, it's it. It just feels right. It it just feels right. Like it, it it leaves a little a lot to be desired. Yeah, I, I, while at the same time being, you know, being very very enjoyable for what it is, but it does leave you wanting more. You kind of you kind of do hope there is a spaceballs too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my all time favorite movies to watch. Um. For me, in the Mel Brooks canon, I put Young Frankenstein first. Okay. Because I absolutely just adore that movie. Uh, but I do like Blazing Saddles, but I would put this second for me. Uh, I'm going to, this is a, 
eight and a half to a nine for me. It's just such a major part of just from a nostalgia standpoint and rewatching it twice this year. It still holds up guys. Just even the jokes still, this movie is from like, you know, the mid eighties and the jokes still hold up to this day. Agreed. So yeah. eight and a half to a nine, easy all day long. For Good. Me. Yeah, I I did enjoy watching it because Johnny, like you, but you vouched for this many times over, um, and I did feel like a little bit of your like personality, your sense of humor, kind of beaming from it, uh, I, which I thought was really really cool. I, like there's some things where you see that you you can associate with with people and stuff and it just it had you written all over it like just your style of comedy everything that i know about you and i have known about you i felt like was encapsulated in the Spaceballs movie well that's a major compliment uh just uh just i mean even like i've done some little really small i'm talking small like local television stuff yeah and it, me and my buddy trevor who some of you may know and our friend adam we would do these little things and they would show them on the local channel, but they were, the humor was very much in the same vein as something like this. Yeah. So the, these type of movies had a major influence on me for sure. Growing up. Good. So we're all in agreement that agreement that it's a, it's a really, really good film. So, um, so I guess as soon as Brian returns, he just took off on us. He just, he just, he just bounced. Maybe he had a pee. I don't know. Hey, all right, I get it. Man, he's about four. I'm 40, and he's almost there. Sometimes you just got to pee, man. It's just going to happen, and you got to go. You ever stick you your, belly, your finger in your belly button? All the time. That's that's a, such a great time. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> got to get my jolly somehow. There he is. Uh, you want to do this fan casting thing, this reboot? Let's do it. All right, so here's the gist. We're rebooting Spaceballs, but we each get to cast the the major uh the major roles here. Do you want to do um, one ca- character by character or you just want to read off? Yeah, I like that. I like okay. that. Um, all right, let's do, let's, let's start off with, uh, I'm just going to go. I want to start from the, my top one here. Uh, who do you guys have for princess Vespa? <laughs> I have Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> oh my I, God. I'm mad I didn't think of her. <laughs> I she was instant like I was trying to think of somebody funny, sassy, um yeah, kind of bitchy and she respectively. Uh and Aubrey Plaza just fit the bill perfectly. That's a, that's yeah, I like that one a lot. Brian. Um Mila Kunitz. That's another good yeah, one. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. What about you, Johnny? I was really focusing on the sassy part. Like she's kind of a sassy, biting uh, type of character. So I went with Jennifer Lawrence here. Uh-huh. Uh, I like this. Okay. Yeah, I think she could really do this really, really well. I think so too. I think. Right. I think. I think because it's it's a real life trait. Yeah. So let's go with uh, next. Let's do Dot Matrix. Let's do originally from Joan Rivers. Who do you have doing the voice for Dot? Who do you got, I- Brian? Uh, I have uh, Darcy Carden, who is in The Good Place. She plays the kind of like architect of heaven. Um, If you can picture, I don't know if anyone's seen Good Place, but I I thought that it's, it's a role that she's familiar with being a 
kind of a uh, robotic character. Uh, but she's so clever, so funny, so quick-witted. Uh, I thought she'd be perfect for it. What about you, Matt? What? Wait, what's her name? I'm sorry. It, it the RC, so it's D apostrophe A R C Y Carden. Ah, okay, okay. I don't. I'm not super familiar. Yeah, it's very specific to something that I've watched. Oh, I found a Wikipedia, and it's a completely different language. Okay, <laughs> um, that's impressive. Inside Amy Schumer, Broad City, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay, so a couple, couple of things. Okay, um. Yeah, I was in like Ukrainian or something. I don't know. Uh, I picked. She's a little bit newer on the scene, and uh, but anyways, I the, the person I chose is uh, Aquafina. Oh yeah, okay, she, yeah. Who I I find a little bit more f- funnier every time I hear yes. every time I hear like about her seer and something. I really liked her in Shang Chi. Yeah, she was um, great. In that, she yeah. kind of fits that again, that much like. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, I feel like she's a really good su- in a supporting role, and it could be like I can picture her yelling "Virgin," you know, the, doing the "Virgin Alarm" thing. Um, <laughs> like I, I just, I, I, it, it just works for me. So, yeah. So for this one, I tried to think like Joan Rivers had a very distinct sounding voice. Yes. So I kind of wanted that, and on top of that, she was kind of an older, established person. Uh, so I went with Katie's uh, Sagal who is uh, probably best known as Peggy from uh, uh, what's that old sitcom children. Yeah. Yeah. But I know her way more from Futurama because she did the voice of Leela yeah. on Futurama. So and I think I know her most from sons of anarchy. Yes. Yes. And she's amazing on that, by the way, yeah. uh, I wouldn't mess with her. <laughs> that's, <for> sure. <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a good choice. So that's who I have. Let's go with the, okay. Who will you have for, I'll go first on this one for Lone Star. This one was the immediately. It was Chris Pratt for me. Yeah, either. same. I, I had him too. Yeah, I, really. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. I I I try not to. The uh, alternative I had was Bradley Cooper. Also oh, good. I could see that. Yeah, I like that one too. To yeah. me, like with with he's, guys, he's kind of he's kind of a he's kind of a pullman in yeah. a way. Yeah, you got you got to have a little bit of le- legit like. Not to me, but you know, sex appeal. You know what I mean. He's yeah. you're supposed to be handsome in this role, and Chris Pratt is <laughs> that's handsome. I think girls like him, but Bradley Cooper is definitely like the one I thought of. I'm like, oh, girls love Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Chris Pratt is because of his association. Excuse me, with his association with Guardians, that he just screamed. Uh, he just has like a this a space cowboy like vibe to him. It's like forever, uh, just it, it's a forever associated theme character type that that's gonna be with him forever. And I just felt like he'd be the per- he'd be the perfect one for this one. So um, you know how I ended up with him? How's that? Because he's wearing that leather jacket the whole time. Yeah. And- I had heard that they were looking at Chris Pratt to replace Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I did hear that. I so I was that. like, I was like, leather coat. You be low star. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, that's a really good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to, uh, I'm going to we're going to say bar for last. Cause that's the one I'm most proud of in my casting. So we're going to save him for last. All right. Uh, let's go to dark helmet. This is a pretty big role. I mean, stepping in for, 
uh, for Moranis is a big deal. Matt, who do you have? I can't stand this dude, but I put Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple other people. Actually, one of them I casted somebody else, but I'm just like, Pete Davidson has a punchable face. He does. <laughs> he does. And I don't know. I could just see him. Like, obviously, Rick Moranis is, is like, classic. I'm trying to think of some, like, oh, I just see what you did. Baby. Rick Moranis literally got punched in the face recently. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I see what I you lo- did there. I did. That's really cruel. He's, a, again, national treasure. I know. He is. Uh, I, I was trying to find some, like, white meat baby face, like, good old boy kind of people that they're like like you can't find like a character flaw in them but but there they are and i just i peter dinklage was an option but i went with pete davidson okay all right brian who'd you get uh ben stiller and the reason i picked ben stiller is all his best roles in my opinion are when he's the bad guy and being an asshole yes so heavyweights dodgeball You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's great in heavyweights. Yeah. When when you need him to be the bad guy who's also kind of goofy, like over the top, like, and that's what the the dark helmet is is he's so over the top of trying to like be intimidating that he's constantly putting himself in stupid situations where he gets hurt. It's as simple as the the Mister Coffee joke. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're leading to why I cast who I cast in that. I wanted to get somebody who I felt could get across that they're tr- that they think they're intimidating when they're not in the least intimidating, right? And so that's why I'm very proud of mine. And that's Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, is I who can. I got for mine. <laughs> I think he would knock this out of the park. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, of course, now we got to do Colonel Sanders. Who do you guys have for Colonel Sanders, Brian? Paul Rudd. Oh, I, that's that's a great one. That's a great one, Matt. Who do you have? I went with Bill Hader for this one. I don't know why. Uh, oh, I, I love that's that. Great. That's better than Paul Rudd by a mile. Like so, I, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. low key love Bill Hader. I, I, I high key. Of, I'm full key on the Bill Hader train. I think he's but, one of the best SNL cast members in the, the yes. last probably 15, 20 years or so. You are preaching to the choir. Here and uh, I think it'd be perfect to get the SNL connection with Pete Davidson. And I just, I think he could he could pull it off. I think he, he's really a huge dope. Star Wars nerd. Well, that yeah. works. That works perfectly. You ever heard his Tauntaun impression? <laughs> no. Yes. I don't it's think amazing. I... Look it up. Conan. <laughs> yeah. He's on Conan O'Brien. And he does it. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't even want to say mine now, but because I think that's the one who should get it. But I had uh, Jason Siegel for here. Sure. For this. I don't yeah. hate that either. I don't hate that either. No, I think you're, yours won, Matt. Cause that Thank you. That's definitely it. Okay. Let's go with uh, yogurt. Who do you guys have for yogurt? This one, my wife did not like my choice. But I, I want to put a newer spin on it. I put Kevin Hart here. Are you, dude? Dude, I did too. I did yeah. too. What? Wait, he you kind of see it opposite. I see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the reason I want Kevin Hart here is because he is such like dialed into like the entrepreneurship and like being good with his money and building his empire like he is. I'm like. Oh man, he's like perfect for the whole merchandising part, but it's not going to be, obviously he's not going to have a Hebrew like spit on it. He's going to have a slightly different spin, which I think is totally modern and fun. Yeah. Well, why did you pick him, Matt? He's little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little, and he's got, like, I, I just, yeah, I, I just felt like 
that he wouldn't have to walk on his knees. Choice. Yeah, he wouldn't have. Yeah, he wouldn't have to. I, and he just he has just a, such a funny take on it. I feel like he could be a very loud kind of brash yeah. um, take on yogurt. Uh, this is another one that I had uh, Peter Dinklage possibly, but I, I like. I think I really liked having yogurt in here because just I don't know. Kevin Hart's really like really. I think he's he's low key pretty good. Um, yeah. and what he does and portraying these, um, bigger than I appear type roles. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, so uh, for me, my idea for this one would be like Mel Brooks was very much a comedy icon here yeah. when he did this. I mean, he is now, but even during this, he was a comedy icon and he had a very distinct sense of humor about him. He could be really wild and, and wacky but also kind of subdued. And that's what I was going with here. Obviously he would have to walk on his knees cause he's way, way taller than Kevin Hart. Uh, but he did do a movie with him. That's Will Ferrell. I'm going with Will Ferrell here. <laughs> when you said, when you said um, iconic, that's the first guy that popped in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the big name here for me for this one. I mean, I already, well, we have Chris Pratt. Well, all these are big names really for being honest, yeah. uh, but also I'll go ahead and, uh, and spoil this for myself. Uh, I picked him also for President's Group because it's the same. That guy. is nice when you do that. That's, that's my that's my Scroob too. I did Will Ferrell for Scroob, yeah. I uh, I went with Steve Carell. Oh, uh, I'm a big Carell nerd, so I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I would recast Will Ferrell with. You can replace him with Steve Carell for all I'm concerned here, and I'll be completely happy with that. All right, so who do you guys have for Barf? I have Kevin James. <laughs> Matt. Another actor who I cannot stand, uh, Jack Black. <laughs> All right, and I cast myself. So, <laughs> I can't believe Matt you're very legit, proud of that. Matt, I'm very proud of that. Matt legit does not like Jack Black, and I don't think you like Kevin uh, James either. From my I don't mind Kevin James. It's. I don't hate him. I don't. I don't love him. It just blows my mind because I get compared to them all the time, and me and you are very close friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just Kevin James that Chrissy pointed out. My wife is that he's kind of lovable, and John Candy had that lovable touch to him. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I have a. I don't have a bad thing. You know, like like you want to almost cuddle with him. Yeah, 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 for sure. Kevin James, like he peaked with King of Queens, then never like got bigger than that. Uh, I would submit to you the first Paul Blart is really great. Ugh. It's very it's very stupid funny, in my opinion. <laughs> when he's trying to sneak around and he's this big guy and he's not good at it, that's it is. No, the, listen, they cast him as the Saints head coach. I, I that was it. That was it. I, I, I think I decided not to watch that. It was actually so. a really good movie, but I'm just like, this is this ain't it. Yeah, he doesn't was, look remotely like the guy. <laughs> for a, for an entire year, every time I talked about the the the, the coach, <laughs> the coach from the Saints, I, I use uh, whenever I post something about him on Facebook, I always use the Kevin James picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've done it, guys. We've recast this whole thing. I'm very proud of us. Yeah, Johnny, you already did this. I was going to ask you. I was going to steal something from uh, 
your uh, you know other podcast there that we do with our you do with our good buddy Andrew. Uh, you guys like to do movie reviews, and then you cast yourselves in a role. Yeah, yes, we do. So the Nostalgia Funhouse, and I've yeah. already cast myself. So, I'm, what would you? Who would you guys be if you could cast yourself in this? Mm. I want to be Dark Helmet. <laughs> I feel Malcolm like you got him. I feel like I could be a goofy Lone Star. I I, I don't know, or Colonel Sanders, uh, a Lone Star. Or oh Sanders. man, you! I think you'd make a great Sanders. Thank I you. really do. And dude, the and and Sanders has got such subtle jokes that just like yeah. you appreciate how he just everything just kind of slides in under the radar just a little yeah. bit and you find yourself laughing about it after he says it 10 seconds later yeah yeah, yeah. uh so we we've done it guys we've done it uh go check out space balls it's currently not streaming anywhere as of this recording uh so you have to find other means to to see it uh, but i do highly recommend it if you've never seen this movie which why you listen to this this far if you have <laughs> <laughs> Right now, a little teaser. Um, so next month I get choice uh, for what our subject matter will be, and we're gonna go into the realm of video games, and uh, I'm gonna do the Force Unleashed, which was a uh, absolutely incredible video game uh, that I hope becomes canon somehow, some way, or at least some elements of it. Uh, but that will be what we're talking about. It is one that it, I asked Johnny and Brian for their their Star Wars video game lists, and both of them submitted it. I remember how much I loved the game. I had I've had it on multiple consoles at this point. So next month, uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed video game uh, featuring Star Killer uh, is our next subject. So uh, Johnny, why don't you uh, take us home? Yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And of course, may the Schwartz be with you. Join us.